Abandon all prejudices, all ye who enter here. Park your paradigms, perk up your ears, and open your mind, as we now shine the laser light of reason on the topic of Is there an ethical solution to overpopulation? Hello, I'm David Bolton, and welcome to my podcast channel, dedicated to helping people think more clearly, make sounder judgments, avoid superficiality, and above all, to unceasingly question instead of naively accepting what others want us to believe, for this is the path of Socrates. Michelangelo, my friend, are you there? I am indeed, David, here in Manhattan, and uh, it's a, it's actually kind of a sunny morning here. Uh, What's the temperature there today. now? Uh, I believe we're supposed to hit near 90 today. Right now, it's probably... Oh, yeah. Uh, Low 80s would be my guess. Um, let me just see what it says here. Uh, 83, according to what I see here. Yeah, I'd say in the house here, it's probably like about that temperature now, 84. But yeah. today, maybe 85, I don't know. But today, let's have to know, it was 97. It was, Yikes. It was pretty bad. But I can put up with it. Pretty, I'm thin, so I can put up with the heat <laughs> pretty yeah. well. I yeah. don't know. They say thin yeah. people have an easier time with the heat. Although it does yeah. sap you of energy, I'm telling you. I have much oh, less sure. energy. So I always go very, running at night then instead of <laughs> during the day. <laughs> it's a little Very cooler. enervating. Very enervating. Yeah. Well, okay. Today we're going to talk about not just overpopulation, but is there an ethical solution to overpopulation? Well, first of all, and we're talking about this before we started to record, uh, about how sparse the population was comparatively, even 100 years ago, 150 years ago. I mean, the population tripled in the world within one lifetime from 1946 to about 2001, it went from 2.6 billion to 7.8 billion in one lifetime. Obviously, that's a problem. I don't care what anybody says. That's a problem. And that despite birth control, it's become popular in the 60s. It's despite abortion. And still the population triples. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. What are your thoughts on overpopulation in general? Well, you know, I mean, we're we're being so bombarded with propaganda about it these days. And, you know, I've seen little graphics where they say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we could put eight billion people in this in this tiny corner of Texas, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, six, six, six feet apart, of course. Well, I wouldn't want to live there if they do that. <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't want to you live know, there. Yeah. I, I, I would venture to guess to say that leaving aside the idea that it may be part of the overall agenda, you know, um, there's a lot of empty space, you know, in this country. I know in Japan, it's a very different, very different story. You have tremendous, I mean, how many, how many people in greater Tokyo now? Like, oh, I don't 20, know, 20, 20, 20 million. Well, with the yeah. suburbs and everything. Might be yeah, 20 million, yeah. Yeah. I mean, here in New York, it's eight or so, you know, and of course, a, a yeah. number of people, number of people fled during the early days of the bogus pandemic, you know, so we lost a, a few people, but um, the United States is, you know, tremendously rich, I think, still in, in available land for settlement. Um, so yeah, but it's not just now, a question of that, no, obviously, of course not. Now, obviously, yeah. there's a the whole question of, of resources, you know, and, uh, and that type of thing. Well, um, resources, uh, including jobs, be because with uh, mechanization, there are yeah. fewer and fewer jobs, especially lower paid jobs. And so you have more yeah. and more people 
especially people that can only do you know minimum wage work yeah. and, and yet fewer and fewer jobs for them so who's going to support all those people yeah well that's the thing you know i i know that you're not a you're not a fan of of um speculative fiction as i am you know but i've read a lot of speculative fiction over the years and i still still do and of course when you hear about a lot of these um future scenarios you know there's almost always a infinite wealth and you know everybody is provided for and very few very few people actually have to work for example war yeah. not war of the world uh, the time machine well's famous yeah. uh you know novel about the time machine you know presupposes this uh future civilization where all of the technical labor is done under underground by an, an underclass and then and then the the wealthy at least they were wealthy are living above ground in the sunlight and the air and sounds terrible you know, because i'm not wealthy yeah yeah no, no yeah you know you, you know definitely <laughs> we definitely be morlocks for sure you know uh but so you think when you read this kind of thing, you think, oh, well, you know, surely there must be a way to solve this. And of course, we've talked about the whole idea of universal basic income and how that's a that's yet another potent, you know, a lure being dangled in front of an unsuspecting public. Because yeah. as you as you pointed out, at least at the way things are right now, it's completely unsustainable, you know. Uh, but one would like to think that it's possible that not everybody would have to work. Now, we've also talked in other contexts about the fact that work gives dignity and structure and order to people's lives yes. and so that wouldn't necessarily be a good thing and again certainly huxley warned about warned us about that in brave new world you know the, that was the whole thing about brave new world it was the people really spent most of their time pursuing frivolous pleasures you know and so they were kind of looks like were, today to me <laughs> yeah yeah well, well he warned about that whole idea of what he referred to as as happy slaves and i think we have many such people here in 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 new york and around the united states probably in in tokyo as well you oh, know yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you know be, because it's become possible uh you know to live so much of your life vicariously and virtually you know via the internet and until they shut it down of course that you know people um people aren't really concerned about what's going on around them you know and they don't they don't have a a social conscience and a social awareness like they would have hysterically hysterically excuse me historically and they're not really part of communities, right? There's no, there's no community anymore. So, you know, there's a lot of things that um, would suggest that perhaps, you know, we would need on some level to try to rein population growth in somewhat, you know, that we don't seem to have the mechanisms available, nor the resources, nor, as you pointed out, you know, the, the employment possibilities for to, there to be, a you know, an ongoing, you know, exponential you know, uh, increase in population. So yes. we have to wonder then, of course, you know, what's what's really going on right now, you know, because I mean, it's, I think it's fairly generally conceded by people who are in the know that there does seem to be some kind of depopulation agenda being carried on, you know. Well, I mean, especially in democracies, you can't just tell people they have to be, have, have to be sterilized because yeah. that's not, a, people aren't going to accept that. I mean, what things could you do to lower the population? Well, you could maybe put some slight poisons in their food so they get sicknesses like cancer and then die off, for yeah. example. And you could give them, for example, maybe behind the scenes, you could have something to cure cancer, but you don't give people that. You give them chemotherapy so more of them die. 
Oh, you mean like they are they are already yeah and then you give them (laughs) fake vaccines that would weaken their immune systems so they die of many different things yeah in other words you're doing all the oh and also you could try to convince as many people as possible to become gay or lesbian that could work too because then you have fewer children being born and we should have more abortion clinics every place because then more children of course die that way and oh we should also be for uh, euthanasia if some old people don't feel too well well let them just have them put to sleep of their own free will, of course. You convince them of that. In other words, all these things that could help lower the population are actually being done. Yeah, I would and say you, mission accomplished. You know, we, let's go on to the next topic. Yeah, but the problem is, <laughs> the problem. well, okay, then the population is being lowered in places like Spain or maybe America among the Native uh, American J- population. I don't mean Indians. I mean, you know, the... the, the Americans over there before. I don't mean the immigrants. Yeah, now. yeah. What are they, what are they uh, or in them Japan, now? but what happens First in countries Nation like peoples. Nigeria that has the yeah. fastest population growth in the world, or in India, uh, yeah. they're not buying all that stuff apparently. So the population is still growing so quickly. And yeah. the title here is "What's an Ethical Solution?" The truth is, I've thought about it so much, I cannot think of any ethical solution to this problem. Yeah. And this is frightening. Well, I mean, well China. I mean, I, I know you're not a fan of China. Uh, China, you know, basically stipulated that people could only have two two children, and I think they were very successful in maintaining that for a time. But obviously, you know, it's it's um, something that it would be somewhat difficult to monitor, although not terribly so. I think these days, if you yeah, but then the Chinese, if they have two children, they prefer to have two boys, most likely. Of course, yeah. And no, so they then, kill if the woman kill the have girls. a girl, then well, have an abortion, and so then you have far fewer women and more men and that's not good for the male population yeah yeah in a sense no. i mean it is good because if fewer women fewer are going to bear children but yeah nonetheless well, I mean, probably, there's... you know 1.4 billion in india hasn't india surpassed them already yeah i'm not sure I'd it's almost it up, but... at 1.4 and they're going to surpass them very soon uh, yeah. what's the solution here because uh it's easy to say well, the Earth can sustain 15 billion, so there's no problem. But okay, but then it's a problem in, uh, what, 50 years or 40 years. That's not that far away. And even if it's 200 years away, like to get to 20 or 30 billion, it wouldn't be that long. Uh, what do we do then? Sooner or later, it, well, it's like the lifeboat from the Titanic or something and it has a capacity of 30. You already have 40 in there and then more people are swimming around. You can't take them in. You have to you know, beat them over the head with the oar, you just can't let them in. In other words, we have to start killing people. What else do we do? Yeah. I hate to sound like a deep state creature here, but what do you do then? I mean, sooner or later, you have to either have people, I mean, if people just agreed, okay, we'll only have 1.5 children or whatever. Uh, okay, yeah. fine. But let's face it, that's not going to happen. That's really not going to happen. I mean, uh, <laughs> and also the problem is that it's not the people who have sufficient income to have a few children. They're not the ones that are overpopulating the world. It's people that don't have the sufficient income. So then you're going to have more and more poverty, or yeah. more, and then you have more dangers of revolutions and, and such things, because the poor people, the ignorant people, are reproducing at a much faster rate. And that's a problem. No matter, you know, it doesn't sound nice or pretty to talk about that, but that really is a problem. Yeah. What do you do then when the so-called primitive peoples outnumber everybody else by, you know, 99 to one and then 990 to one 
and when they're unsatisfied and then you have revolutions and wars because of it and they themselves are starving to death because there's just not enough food there uh it's kind of like with animals in the forest when you have too many of them so many die of uh, of starvation because there's just not enough food for them so yeah in the case of animals we extend the hunting season we make it cheaper to get a hunting license because you know, basically we kill them then right but with people i'm not saying we should do that don't get me wrong here i think yeah. it's horrible and these people behind the vaccines in my view they should be executed because they committed the greatest crime against humanity ever on the other hand if you look at it from from their side and some of them will say look we peered into the future just looking at statistics and the future of the earth is going to be really, really bleak if we don't do something. And yet we don't see any way to do it using reason because people won't listen. So what mm -hmm. do we do? So what is the ethical solution to overpopulation? Uh, In, any interstellar colon yeah, interstellar colonization. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, if anybody <laughs> tries to convince people like an Elon Musk or whatever, that yeah, right. what we're gonna do is we're gonna make big cities on Mars and then we'll transport two or three billion. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, and these places actually punched in the face for insulting our intelligence. <laughs> because let's face it, how many spaceships do you need to, to transport even a million people, but let alone several billion? Yeah. And then there's a little problem too. You go to somebody, oh, we'd like to live on Mars. I don't think people would say, oh yeah, I'd love to go to Mars and live there. But even if one yeah. does, then his wife says she doesn't want to, and so much for that idea. I mean, yeah. the whole thing is so stupid. They're not going to pay for that. If they yeah. did have a spaceship big enough to transport 5 billion people, they transport into space and then blow it up. They're not gonna... oh, I mean, let's face it. Let's face it. My, gonna... my, you are cynical. <laughs> well, let's face Come on now. Would you like to live on Mars? <laughs> well, not in its present condition, but, you know, after they terraformed it, maybe. You know. Uh, uh, yeah, right. So they're going to terraform I mean, it spending. And who's going to pay for all this, by the way? I don't think these things are cheap. We're going to divert a few trillion dollars from uh, say more Biden, yeah. from Biden, Biden's checking account from Ukraine. That's well, by the do. year 2000, they had diverted <laughs> 22 trillion. That's how they have all these secret projects, right? Yeah. But if you yeah. want to have things on Mars, like huge huge cities well how many huge cities they need to accommodate billions of people wow well it depends depends how high you build the towers uh yeah no i don't think that's going to be a solution either. i mean yeah, um, and, and even there sooner or later you get to the point with the two people on mars well then where we go to to where well we don't care about the martians <laughs> <laughs> yeah it might be martians that don't want us there you know like, that's true well you know ray bradbury had a lot to say about that oh, okay um, yeah yes. you know more about science fiction yeah. and i do a whole lot more but yeah yeah uh, i mean those things are so utopian that they're totally ridiculous the easy solution is that people simply have less children but how do we get people to do that well as you pointed out though i think there are a lot of mechanisms that are already in place uh i mean i um, for example testosterone levels at least here in the united states are plummeting right? yeah but, so but, i mean that... but that's not an ethical solution is it no no but i mean it's no but i mean it's it's whether it's necessarily all being um manipulated although arguably it probably is i mean it is it is achieving the result you know or it's, or it's at least moving us toward well yeah no unethical solutions i can think of them myself uh, you know anybody can think of them basically in other words you can say uh, for example remember the vietnam war <laughs> vaguely what, yeah <laughs> what did you <laughs> what how did they decide who's going to go or not they had the the they had the lottery draft. yeah they had the lottery. draft mm -hmm. and the lottery they yeah, didn't need yeah. everybody, so they would have your take all the birthdays and they put them, I guess, in a big drum and they pick out 
2nd of January. And if your birthday is 2nd of January, well, then you're top on the list, right? But mm -hmm. if your birthday came up last or you know, among the last, the last hundred or whatever, then you didn't have to go. Uh, well, theoretically, they do that. They say, well, because of overpopulation, uh, a lot of women have to be sterilized. Yeah. But And we do it with the draft system simply. And if your birthday comes up, well, tough luck for you. Then you just won't be able to have children. Mm -hmm. And for the good of the world. Well, But that's not an ethical solution, is it? No. Well, it's not killing people. Uh, in a surreptitious fashion, which is, you know, what we're well, not killing people right at now. all. It's just preventing people yeah. from having children, preventing people from, you know, being born, which is, yeah, not, I mean, I would say, if, if, for example, some women would be fantastic mothers, maybe it should be done astrologically. If you can see this person is a harmonious woman, they would have a natural love for children. Well, she can have even four or five children, but then these others that have all these Mars, Uranus squares to the moon and Saturn conjunction moon. It's better they don't have children. Yeah, no, that's probably a good idea. No moon Pluto moms. Once again, <laughs> that's not an ethical solution. And I'm looking for a totally ethical solution. But well, I just don't already, see it. You've already said at the outset you don't think there is one. So uh, you know, I think Yeah, we, but we but I'm just... but still I'm open for ideas. I thought maybe you had one. You know, if we could come up with a solution to this, uh, we could be the saviors of humanity in the future. Okay. Well, I'll I'll let me let me ruminate on that here for a minute. Um, yeah. Do you enjoy delusions of grandeur because this is <laughs> I, one? <laughs> well, I I haven't really uh haven't really indulged in many in my <laughs> short in my short life <laughs> other than wanting to be a rock star for a while and, and then, then an maybe, opera you know, singer, yeah. And then so. an opera star. No, I became yeah. an opera singer, but the the rock star thing it could have happened if if I if I had the right lyricist, but um I didn't sadly. But um, I'd say you're better off as opera singer anyway. I respect oh, well, that it's more a much, than. A... Oh yeah, no, it's much more. I mean, I've I've written about so many pop stars in um, in my essays. You know, my five books of essays, and they almost yeah. all of them are screwed up in some way or another. They're all addicted. It's like I'm writing about David Bowie right now. You know, oh, yeah. he was completely addicted to cocaine during the you know the heyday of his career, and you think, how can they? You know, Elton John, I mean, you know, but and it's not only rock stars. I mean, Stephen King was completely addicted to cocaine and alcohol. You I mean, have you to just... think, I read about an actress, you know, who Mary Castle is. I'll bet you don't because I've been. Uh, no. Well, she know. hasn't been acting since 1950s, early 60s, whatever. This is really yeah. attractive young woman born in 1931. And she yeah. started to have a breakthrough at 19. And she's in all kinds of, especially Western movies, because she grew up, I think, on a ranch and she w could ride a horse really well. Yeah. And then she's in that show, Stories of the Century. That's 1954 with Jim Davis. I'm watching the old reruns from that because I like to watch old westerns. And she could act well. She was really good looking, ride a horse very well. But the truth yeah. is she was an alcoholic even at the age of 19 or 20. And she's wow. arrested again and again. Then she would attack the, like, try to kick the policeman and they arrested. Then she would, went bankrupt because she spent money like water. And you think, why do people do these things? Here's an attractive young woman who has talent for acting, who is making her way in Hollywood, and she totally messes up her life by becoming an alcoholic and, and not paying yeah. her debts and overspend. What's the matter with people anyway? I mean, we could yeah. do a whole series wow. of, of discussions yeah. on that. I, I think, yeah. I'll tell you, I think most people are what I would consider mentally ill because you see the way they act and think, oh my God, or the weird things they believe. Or, you know, oh my God. I, I, well, thank God we're killing them off. 
Uh, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess that's what Bill Gates thought too, and George Soros and all these evil yeah, ones. That's go, right. well, yeah, that's right. You know, I don't know if I had to talk with all of them, maybe they convinced me to join their side. No, of course they never would. Well, there's all this. Sorry, there's all this neo-Malthusian thinking, Rana, and and I know you've talked about it already. The idea that there are limited resources and we do have to marshal them to some extent, you know. But but there've also been studies that show that the the whole idea of this this dire Malthusian prognosis for the planet is is a misplaced one, right? That well, we, it we, hasn't uh, multiplied geometrically as much as uh, as Malthus Malth said. Malthus predicted, yeah. That's mm -hmm. that's true. However, yeah. tripling the population in 75 years is just absolutely terrifying. And, you know, what can you say? Yeah, I it's guess. Just absolute, yeah. In 75 years, it's absolutely terrifying. And we can't yeah. go on like that. Yeah. And that article well, you said, I mean, you know, there could always be, you know, um, you, could, you could selectively uh, breed people to... Uh, be infertile i suppose but i guess you would say that was also unethical well i don't yeah i don't think people would go for that uh, <laughs> to the truth I even if you don't want kids you think well maybe someday i will want kids so i'm not going to do that well I, I think you and i are definitely out of the the ball ball game at this point uh yeah well no okay. i suppose okay. there, there's always viagra um but um well, maybe for you, I, I really don't need the stuff. But let's not get too personal here. No, but you know when you're, you know, you, said, member, so, you, you know. said you're gonna you're gonna live to a ripe old age of 103. Is it 103? 103 is my goal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So maybe by then you might need Viagra. Uh, uh, I don't think I'll. I hope I won't be thinking about such things. I want you know. I think you know. I mean, really, there has to be a point. Oh, come on, Sonny, it keeps you young, for heaven's sake. What's wrong with you? No, no, I think I'll, <laughs> no, I hope to be free of all such drives by that age. Ent entanglements, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 really. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, we're not going to contribute to overpopulation, certainly. Okay, we're so see, in that so mission accomplished. Once again, you and I are off the hook. We can We can focus on more important things. Yeah, like coming up with an ethical solution to overpopulation, maybe. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we, you know, we're 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 jokesters in part, but people oh. listening out there, if any of you can think of an ethical solution to it, I I want to hear it really. You know, write to me because uh, usually I come up with solutions like you wouldn't believe, whether for overpopulation in prisons or this. I can come up with solutions for so many of society's ills, but this is one where I don't see any ethical solution. I mean, obviously, there are unethical solutions. Put stuff in the, well, drinking water, whatever, so people lose their sex drive. and that. But that's hardly ethical. That's horrible. So what do we do? Uh, the, the best I can come up with, okay, let me present an idea here. We know that the human being is hypnotizable. I don't mean with the watch. I mean just repeating things again and again, they're going to believe it. You know, repeat Trump is like Hitler when the news 100 times or on social media, and people believe he's like Hitler even though he's not, right? And you, and you, or, or the other hand, you say 500 times that Obama is a Satanist, and then you have people believing that. And I see no evidence whatsoever he's a Satanist. <laughs> you know, so, you know what I mean? Or that Hillary Clinton oh. kills and eats children or something. I think she's a criminal, but I've seen no evidence that she, you know, murders and, and you know, cuts off the faces of little children. And I, I, I saw such propaganda there. Of course, never with solid evidence, so, but a lot of people believe that then. Should I mention the flat earth theory? They, they put videos up on YouTube 
And I, I personally know several people to believe in flat earth because of that. So in other words, you can get people to believe practically anything. I wouldn't even get into religions and what they get people to believe. <laughs> I, I really shouldn't get into that because some people might take offense. But the truth is you can get people to believe anything if you repeat it often enough. Well, we could start repeating. We could start teaching, especially young women and girls, that to have sex, that has to have intercourse, is just stupid and ridiculous. And, and you're really not even, a, you know, it's, it's just disgusting and, and will mock you if you do that. Because people are manipulable that way. You know, if they think that, for example, if you go back, say, 120 years and one girl says to another girl, oh, my boyfriend and I, we had sex. We did this this last night. Her, her girlfriends would have totally rejected her. What? Why, you're a hussy. How dare, how dare you do that and then tell us about it? But these days, a girl's going to be ostracized if she doesn't do things, these things with her boyfriend. So in other words, especially females, I hate to say this, I know one good friend of mine in Spain who's going to criticize me for being machista again. But the truth is, uh, the female mind is <laughs> malleable. With men, you can tell men a thousand times it's not good to have sex and they're still going to do it. Let's face it. But with women, you know, how many women have fallen prey to religion? And, oh, no, only when I'm married. When... I mean, some men are like that, but let's face it, there are many more women. There used to be like that. But now it's the opposite. Now every girl, when she has her first boyfriend, expects to have some kind of sex, right? Well, we just have to brainwash them in the opposite direction again, either with religion or whatever tool. So they think, oh, no, I have to protect that part. Or maybe we could say, well, they have other kinds of sex, but not intercourse. Because, and that's really despicable. If you do that, you're going to be ostracized. Of course, that's not ethical to manipulate their minds like that, but it could be a solution, but have to be a, a, a somewhat longer term plan and have to be adopted throughout the world because the Internet, you know, if in one country they're prudish again and another country they're not, then it's not going to work. That's really the best thing come up with, and that's not really such a good solution. Uh, what do you think? I can't think of anything ethical. You can tell the people, look, there are too many kids in the world, so you Africans, Indians above all, or even some Americans, look, you already have three children, you should not have any more. But what do you do then if they do? You can say, well, you have to pay more taxes if you have more children. Okay, so then they go on welfare, but then they get the money anyway. Or do you have to just cut out welfare totally? Well, then you have revolutions in the streets. What's the solution here? Because we're really fighting human nature and a really strong human drive. Yeah, well, the, the whole evolutionary thrust of existence is to pass on your genetic material to the next exactly. generation. Yeah. <clears throat> and of course, we've uh, created and, this problem because I, one friend, for example, says part of the problem is that for so many years we've been coming up with drugs to extend people's lives because despite chemotherapy despite the covid vaccines the average age of death well now it's of course gone down but up to a few years ago it was higher than ever you know people yeah. used to die i remember i don't know back when i late 50s the average age of death might have been for men like 66 and for women i don't know 70 and what is yeah. it now women 80 and men 75 or whatever it is and that's just, that's in less than one lifetime yeah, yeah. So we solve a lot of health problems of people, and then as a result, the problem becomes even worse with the overpopulation. Yeah. So well, what I is guess the solution? The... And we, people should think about that. It's easy. Well, no solution. Oh, oh well, somebody will solve it. 
But, you know, I think everybody should be thinking about this, well, people who are able to think clearly and to try to come up with some solution that could spread across the world and and would really work. Because if not, uh, imagine 100 years from now. Yeah. And even if, and this is really frightening, I thought of this today, if the evil ones succeeded and they killed off, say, 7 billion people, I mean, that would be just absolutely horrendous, especially since you and I'd probably be among them almost certainly if they kill off so many, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if they, one way or the other, they kill off so many people. For the people who survive, if they found out what was done, they think it's horrible. But in 100 years, when if the population is then controlled, if there's only a billion people in 100 years and when the earth is greener, when there are only maybe 15% of the factories, not as many cars, and when the earth is much more beautiful, if you said to the people in 100 years, do you think it would have been good if they hadn't killed off all those people? Most people would say, well, the truth is it's so nice now. Uh, and if they hadn't done that, we now have like 25 billion. No, it's probably good that it happened. And that's a frightening thought, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. what Stalin said, the death of an individual is a tragedy. The death of thousands is a statistic. Yeah. And that's the way we see it. We see a, a, so, a, something about World War II if it follows the life of, say, Anna Frank, you can cry at that movie, you know, poor little Anna and what she had to go through going to concentration camp getting killed. But if you just mention a, a number, oh, 10 million people killed in concentration camp, it's just a statistic. We can't even imagine that. And we're not seeing the faces of the individuals. Uh, and, you know, we have something, it's not on that, well, maybe it is on that scale. What am I saying? Some experts have said that from the vaccines, as many as 20 million worldwide might have been killed already. Yeah. And if you read the story of one of them, a healthy person, maybe 30 years old, that gets vaccine, then they have myocarditis and they have a heart attack or something at 31. Uh, it can be just heartbreaking. But if you just see it as a number, oh, the, the excess death rate is going up by 38 percent. It's a number and people don't feel for numbers and, unless they have some imagination, you know, unless they, they can really yeah. feel what's behind that number. And many, I think, can't. So what is the solution to overpopulation to avoid coming back to the same point? In that article he sent me today from, doc, from Dr. Malone or by Dr. Malone, uh, yeah. where he points out back in the 70s, the, the world's elite, I think the population was at 4.9 billion. They were saying, well, we can't let it surpass 8 billion. And precisely in these years, it's almost 8 billion. Well, gee, <laughs> that's, that's quite a coincidence, isn't it? In other yeah, words, quite a coincidence, as yeah. it got closer to 8 billion, I thought, well, now we have to act. We have to forcibly limit the population by killing people off. And yet, what is the ethical solution to the problem? We could say, well, let it go into 8, 9, 10, but sooner or later, we have to kill people off whether it's at 8 billion or 10 or 15 or 20, sooner or later, it would have to be done. And to think, well, we'll come up with solutions in the future. And suppose we don't. Uh, it's, a, it's a problem that, that, that concerns me because I can't think of any nice way to do that. Uh -huh. And just to say, oh, well, let the next generation take care of it. Yeah, that's what they were saying for Social Security and for this and that. Well, well. There'll be a solution some other time. But I'm going to be dead by then anyway. It doesn't really matter. That's the way people think. Mm -hmm. and no, so you're absolutely right. Can't so we just... should just drink the hemlock now, is that what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> well, it, it connects the idea of the one world government, which I am against on the one hand. Yeah. On the world. other hand, 
suppose you had a responsible society and that's limiting their population, but then the others don't. Well, then sooner or later, you have people from the overpopulated poor countries just storming into the richer countries. Oh, wait a minute, that's been going on for decades. Yeah. Right? That's exactly yeah. what's going on. They think, yeah. oh, well, mm -hmm. they have a good, their population, and they have a social system, like a socialistic or at least partial system uh, with pensions and welfare uh, because they don't have that many people. So let's go take advantage of that. And then so you have millions of people one way or another entering Europe and, and America. So what do you yep. do there? Uh, yeah. So if you have one world government, you can control the movement of people. But then, of course, it's not really democracy. This is connected to the idea of what, what I always call the downside of democracy. Uh, I don't have any holy calls, let me tell people out there. Because with some people, if you dare to criticize democracy, you're a heretic and should be burnt at the stake or something. But democracy yeah. has its weaknesses, and they're really worrying. And I'm not for a dictatorship. I'm not for a monarchy. It's like Churchill said, to paraphrase, don't remember exact words, but he said more or less, democracy is a lousy system, but it's the best we've got. Yeah. But he recognized the weaknesses of democracy. He also said, if you want to know one of the weaknesses of democracy, go out in the street and talk to the average voter for just five minutes about society. And you'll see yeah. what the weakness of democracy, they have no idea is what yeah. he was insinuating. And so at what point do things become so bad that you need some kind of a dictatorship just to say, this is the way it's going to be. And then the idea, of course, when you get to eugenics, <laughs> wow, uh, that's real uh, evil sounding stuff. Yeah, but I mean, don't you think that at least in theory, there could be programs of eugenics that would be not so draconian. I mean, if you if you propagandize the population to uh, accept the idea that not everybody can, as you've already suggested, you know, that not everybody can have children and that maybe a certain, again, you know, we're getting into obviously murky waters, but, you know, that certain yeah. classes need to reproduce more than others. Um, and it's, it's handled through, you know, uh, some sort of... Uh, state department of, of reproduction you know Ooh, that's I mean, a horrifying it, thought i know i i'm, I'm going to put that one out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that a horrifying well, thought well because but of mean, course it's not really it's not a racial thing there's some see why there's so many abortion clinics in black neighborhoods in america yeah well gee margaret sanger you know one of the oh yes, yes planned parenthood, planned parenthood. quite yeah. racist and mm -hmm. and against the low class in general she thought they shouldn't reproduce but right. she was also quite racist. And the, the truth is, if you have normal, good people that are responsible, I don't care what color they are. Yeah. But then in, in every race, of course, you have some people that are just the opposite of that. And maybe you have I don't know, some kind of terrible criminal. And then his girlfriend, who's not much better, maybe a drug addict. And should these people be having children that then become wards of the state because the father goes to jail and the mother's a drug addict? I mean... But then who's to decide that and, yeah. who, and how to keep them from overstepping the, the boundaries? But then should it even be those boundaries? I mean, it's really a, a, it's really a difficult situation. Yeah. Uh, it should come from the people themselves. But we're talking here, you know, some people are responsible in the sense, well, we're not going to have any children, just very few children because that's best for the world. But so many people don't think on that level. They just think, well, we want kids, or oh, well, it happened again, well, another kid, 
or maybe uh, why not have a few kids? They will take care of us when we're old, you know, that sort of thinking. Uh, and, you know, in some cases that works. Look at Spain traditionally. So many old people live with the, their children. Uh, in my family, my grandfather, well, he couldn't take care of himself, but then he lived with his daughter. We didn't send him to an old age home. Yeah. But so many people are not so responsible and they don't have enough money for their own family. They're on welfare. And then they have yet another kid. And uh, what do you do there? Yeah. Uh, well, you take unethical said, I, I, measures. You know, I, damn, it's it's such a problem that I wish I had some kind of solution. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, who's to say? Obviously, again, what where we'll be in hundred years in terms of technological advancement, particularly if all this alien technology that's been suppressed is made available. Um, and, you know, maybe with, with faster than light travel, if that is indeed feasible, you know, it will be, will be uh, possible to offload extra population to, you know, terestrial planets elsewhere. Question is who would want to go? We, we already discussed that. Well, I yeah, I mean, but that's almost like saying, Maybe God will appear again and say, well, I love my human children so much. Uh, and the earth will populate it. I'm going to take six billion of them and take them into heaven directly, body and soul. Oh. Well, OK, okay. Uh, that, that'd be a solution, but don't hold your breath. That's <laughs> why yeah. I see that science fiction stuff. Not that we won't be able to go to other places. Maybe we are already with, with reverse engineered spacecraft and such things. But yeah. as a solution to overpopulation anytime soon, I don't see that at all. And the ones that have that technology, they, they would rather just kill us off. It's the easiest solution. Yeah. Or I, I, I don't, you know, and maybe you could pay people to get sterilized. Say you get a, a good sum of money. And of course, the people that think more aren't going to want to do that. But, but that's the people that don't think so much. And they're the ones probably shouldn't have children in the first place. So it's, wow, 10,000 bucks. Okay, great. And then, yeah. That's yeah, not no, unethical because I mean, they're choosing then, right? They're that's choosing right. Then. In incentive type programs would certainly, you know, be, uh, as you pointed out, would be an, an ethical way of doing things. Um, you know, just like, you know, uh, incentivizing people to have the wonder working bioweapons, right? Yep. If you, you'll get, you do this, you'll get a donut. And I think that, that that's that's the way to go. Yeah, take this jab that could make you drop dead in five minutes, and but we'll give you a donut. Yeah. So, yeah. so we need a lot of more donuts, obviously, for this scheme. You know, that's but, true. Uh, and donuts aren't so, so cheap anymore. You know. No, I know. But so you you and I could go into the donut business and make a killing, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard not to just revert to humor because it's such. A worrisome problem, and most people don't even see the problem. I mean, I say, all I have to do is go into Tokyo proper and be at the Shibuya station where they have like an intersection of five streets, and there at certain times of the day, you have 10,000 people crossing the streets that you yeah. see them. It's like a, a, yeah. a sizable town that you that, that's how dense the population is in Tokyo. Yeah. And it's not a good feeling. Let me tell you, when there's just people swarming every side of you. You have to watch I don't bump into people. And of course, this is downtown Tokyo. But nonetheless, uh, in 200 years, it could be like this in every town in the world. Okay, yeah. then you have you, you irrigate the desert and have people there. But then sooner or later, 
there's no space there either. It's not just a question of space. It's a question of feeding these people and having enough resources for them. And uh, especially in a time of mechanization where we're going to have robots walking around doing all the menial labor, what are they going to be doing then? Uh, what they're doing now, sitting home watching porn and uh, playing video games. Yeah, but at least a lot of them do have jobs, although you know, mm -hmm. a lot of them don't. But mm -hmm. why should the people then that work have to pay for those who aren't working? Yeah. Just because they exist and those that aren't working are the ones often creating the most children. And so we have to pay for those children too. Where's the fairness there? You know, this is just such a, a, a beehive of problems. Yeah. That, uh, and of course, you know, the think tanks in the 70s and before, they, they, they foresaw all of this. I guess people like the Klaus Schwabs and I don't know, Henry Kissinger, and they thought, well, when it gets to a certain point, we have to start killing them off. That was their solution. It's a solution yeah. I would never, ever go for. Although nonetheless, you know, if, if I'm born again in 200 years, and at that time, there are 300 billion people in the world and there are revolutions and, and most of them are starving to death, I probably think too, it's better just kill off a bunch of them. It's horrifying to say, but I have to be honest. What do you do in that situation? Mm -hmm. What do you do? Yeah, and who do you and who do you kill off? You know, you kill off all, you kill off the underclass. You have nobody to do the actual labor. Well, you yes, know, you do because by the time you have robots. Yeah, well, some of it perhaps, but not all. Even now, for example, in the Baltimore waterfront, a cousin of mine, well, so many males in my family worked at Baltimore waterfront, and he told me twenty years ago that there are many fewer jobs there because of mechanization. They don't have robots walking around, of course, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but they have so many more machines to do things that they don't need as yeah. many people. And of yeah. course, that trend <laughs> continues, and uh, we see this in every area. You know, even in the acting and extra business that I yeah. do here, so many are saying what I said ten years ago. I said, you know, or, or when did I start that? Uh, boy, I've been doing this for fourteen years. Yeah, uh, I yeah. said at the very beginning. Sooner or later, they're not going to need extras. They're going to computer generate our images. Yeah. And even with the actors, they're not going to need actors. Or it's going to be so realistic that they're going to save money. But then everybody that's acting is out of work. Yeah. Well, that's why the the Hollywood strikes are going on right now. You realize it's because they're oh, is that they're they're worried. Oh yeah, huge strike in Hollywood. All all the actors and all the writers because they're very very concerned about AI. And about oh. you know the studios doing exactly what you've said, replacing extras with computer generated yep. imagery, and uh, and of course you know they're de aging elderly actors now. You know like Harrison Ford in I think the new Indiana Jones film, not that I've seen it. You know so rather than cast somebody younger and give them a break, you know they're actually de aging older. Older oh, well, people who are perceived with med beds as, or what are they using for that? Uh, they're just using computer technology to to, oh, to, um, to wow. make them look, look younger. You know, I mean, I haven't seen it; I've just read about it. Yeah. But uh, so, see, that's going on in Hollywood right now. Is you have two major strikes, and of course, the the writers are similarly concerned about you know the studios using AI to generate screenplays. <laughs> scripts, and all yeah, others. they'll generate entire scripts. Yeah, yeah, but isn't that kind of like the, uh, what they call the Luddites? few centuries ago yeah or, yeah the luddites yeah or like the the people say on around 1900 uh like blacksmiths and such people protesting because people were starting to have cars yeah sure no absolutely but you know they weren't very successful with their protests because how many people ride around a horse and buggy unless you're a very healthy amish person that never followed the mask mandates or distancing or vaccines and so you're That's right. the healthiest That's people right. in america but yeah absolutely yeah. <clears throat>
I, I don't know. I mean, I always like to give ideas on how to solve problems, but this is one where I'm totally stumped. I yeah, really, well, you're you're provoking thought. You know, I that's what you're... like to think so. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think people should, you know, they should. What they should do is this: offer a prize of a million dollars to somebody who comes up with an ethical solution that would work, very practical, that will almost certainly work for the overpopulation problem. You would have then people out there thinking and thinking and thinking, putting together all their best ideas. Maybe groups of people working toward, hey, what the hell? Offer them a hundred million dollars. Yeah, well, it could be the the equivalent of the you know the the space program in the sixties. Yeah, oh, you mean that fake moon landing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sort one. of thing. That yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. We'll send them all to the moon. Oh, there's no there's no atmosphere there. Oh well. You know, a, a, <laughs> all a the better. Then we don't have to feed them on whether they're just sent. A few throw pillows here and there. You know, a very tasteful carpet. <laughs> yeah. They'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, people, for laughing about such a serious thing. But, you know, sometimes uh, you laugh so you don't cry, right? right. Okay, I wasn't right. about to cry. I'm not going <laughs> to. But nonetheless, when I think about this, I, I tend to think about something until I can come up mentally with some kind of solution. But here yeah. I've thought about so much and I see no ethical solution. Every solution I can think of. Some are totally unethical, like what they're doing now. Others, yeah. uh, more or less acceptable, just changing people's minds to become more religious, for example, so they don't have sex. Uh, that yeah, could work yeah. to a degree. But then, yeah. you know, I like to just get to the truth. I don't want to tell people religious lies just so they don't have sex. You, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, sure. And speaking totally reasonably, as a now older person, and say, look, with this whole sex thing, uh, look, oh, it's vastly overrated. Uh, the truth is, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm starting to recognize that. I guess in a way I've always recognized it. I remember an old psychic that I knew, the first psychic that knew that convinced me psychic ability exists. I was in my early 20s. This guy was I guess, 78 or something like that. And I remember, I'll never forget that. He said, the two greatest scams, I'm translating from German now, but I guess he'd say, yeah, the two greatest scams in the world are sex and religion. <laughs> the religion mm -hmm. part I understood but the sex part, though, huh? What's he mean there? But now I see just what he means. It is so vastly overrated, and there's so much nonsense connected to him. And yet, with the sex mm -hmm. thing, it's just that we have these drives, and we, you know, can't control the drives. It. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a part that, of the essential nature of who we are as organic beings. On and especially as planet. men, because if you look at it. How many men have ruined their political careers or come close because of some kind of affairs or something? With female politicians, that's not nearly as is uh, likely. Problematic, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it just doesn't happen as much because you know men have this uh, this strong sex drive, and so look at Kennedy, look at Johnson, who had more women than than Kennedy. Those, those things didn't come out back then, and then look at yeah. Bill Clinton, the situation he got himself into so stupidly. And it's just yeah. one after the other. And uh, when you think about it, you know, it's kind of disgusting. If I w had been president, I would have controlled myself just thinking, hey, I think I have more important things to do. <laughs> than get, get after, especially Monica Lewinsky. I mean, look at the girl. You know, it's not 
<laughs> yes, exactly. The girl, well, you know, train. absolute power, you know, corrupts absolutely. Yeah, you know, as they uh, say, right. Yeah. Oh, I hope Monica know. Lewinsky isn't listening to this. I, I just insulted her then. Maybe she'll feel offended. But I don't think she's going to be listening. Probably. Something tells me. And who cares? Maybe not. See, uh, Monica, yeah. you're just not my type. What can I say? No offense. No offense, but. <laughs> yeah. But, um, as I said, there's a lot of. Um, there's a lot of things going on now that you say are probably ethical, unethical, or borderline unethical, and um, maybe that's really what the what the uh, overall arching narrative is about. You know that th this has to be accomplished in a certain way, and um, this is just part of what we must needs accept. Uh, yeah, if you think to... about it, if suppose we hadn't woken up the danger of vaccines, suppose they're going the way they wanted it, that they kill yeah. people off just by by ruining their immune system, suppose they had refined their product, so to speak, that it yeah. wouldn't kill people, some people off right away, and it wouldn't lead to myocarditis, just to gradually your immune system weaken, then we would notice, oh, look, more people are dying of cancer. And they say, oh, no, but that's because of global warming. If we believed all that, we just think, oh, well, people are dying because of global warming, because yeah. you know, certain, and so we wouldn't really be up in arms about it. We just think, yeah. well, that's the way it is. Some people die and we just accept it. And that's probably the way they were planning it, that people would, the population would be being reduced and yet nobody would really notice. Yeah. Which is kind of dumb because it's obvious that some people would notice and talk about it. But then if you can shut them up through censorship, then nobody's going to notice what they're saying. Yep. Uh, what do you think the Alliance has planned? Because it's obvious in this war, the Alliance is winning. I mean, you see it clearly every week signs mm -hmm. that the white hats are actually winning this this war and yeah. uh but then they must have some kind of plan for the overpopulation i can't unless they just think well first we have to win the war and they get in some yeah. new technologies uh collateral energy, damage for example uh yeah, yeah but what plans would they have or maybe they have some kind of plan thinking well we can give free energy and enrich all the people in the world to the extent that maybe so then they might not want as many children or maybe with yeah. motivation through giving them things or whatever, but somebody in the world must have some kind of ethical solution. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine that there is no ethical solution. It's just that I mm -hmm. haven't come up with it yet. You know? Yeah. As you're talking about this, I'm reminded of that famous, uh, Twilight Zone episode to serve man. Do you remember that oh, one? With Richard Keel. I guess that's what With Richard Keel, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that, uh, it's, I wouldn't want to watch it again again because you know what happens in the end. But when you watch it the first time, it is just so yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So we're, it's yeah. a cookbook. Oh, you, why did you, you just ruined that. Now nobody's going to look it up and watch it. I was about to say, we're not going to give you the ending there. It's just that it's aliens come and they want to serve man. They want to serve man. Yeah, that's right. And they, they eliminate war. They eliminate poverty. They turn the earth into a paradise. And uh, then they uh -oh. start cull culling the herd. <laughs> uh oh, wait a minute, Michelangelo, you might be on to something here. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's Suddenly, what the White Hats have in mind. <laughs> in, in, in a spark of brilliance, if I do say so myself, I put some pieces together. Okay, go ahead. What, what are we hearing from like the, the Trump supporting <laughs> Patriot channels? We're hearing that we're going to have an ideal society, that there won't be any hunger, that everybody's going to have enough, exactly what you were just saying. Yeah, and then and the green, don't forget to, about. And, and they're also saying send people to other planets. Maybe that's their solution, and also yeah. reveals with the aliens. So in other words, the Patriots win. We have Tesla energy. 
This world is yeah. a much, much better place. Yeah. Right? And then yeah. there's the alien reveal, and then the aliens, the friendly ones, come and say, oh, look, we have these huge ships. Don't you want to see our planet? And they take us off planet to their planet. Right. Where we're going to be served with a fine glass of alien <laughs> champagne and some caviar, whatever. Yes. Yeah, so Wouldn't that be ironic? It would indeed be, yeah. Yeah. Well, if some alien comes and he reminds me even remotely of Richard Keel, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to back off of it. That was one scary cat, you know? And oh, I, yeah, no, he James, was... I don't like James Bond films, but I just saw him in the Wild Wild West in the in its first oh, yeah. year. Yeah. And, you know, the guy's like, what, seven feet tall and pick and strong? Seven feet, two inches, I think, if oh, so I remember correctly. Yeah. He's kind of, a, kind of a scary character. Really good yeah. actor, though. You know, he was actually... A, a mathematics teacher before he became an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highly intelligent yeah. man. I thought he sort of didn't look at her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's the ethical solution. We'll let the white hats. They've already got it worked out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, these things are, of course, bigger than we are. But nonetheless, yeah. it seems to me that there must be an ethical solution. And so I ask you people out there, if you can think of an ethical solution to overpopulation, in other words, think future, how can we limit the population in a way that doesn't uh, kill people, that doesn't promote further abortion or sterilization or fooling people and tricking them into this vaccines or whatever? What's an ethical solution to the overpopulation problem where we can convince practically everybody in the world to just not have so many children and some to not yeah. have any children? How can we do yeah. that? I, well, there's a whole you know, there's a whole segment of the younger generations now that aren't even having sex. So maybe that's maybe that's being accomplished by um, propaganda and and uh, well, fear in Japan, that's definitely things. the case. Yeah, yeah. But then even look, even there, the government always complains the problem: who's going to keep pay paying the pensions if there are not enough young people to be working to pay them? Then the whole that's social right. system collapses. So yeah. socialism is also a problem here. Yeah, people sure. get used to their pensions, to welfare, whatever. But then you—it's—it's it's a Ponzi scheme. You need more and more yeah. people working <clears throat> in an era when there are less and less people because they're having less children. And in addition, there's more mechanization, so you don't need any people in the first place. So how yeah. do what do you do there? That's a whole other set of problems. Yeah, but we've painted ourselves into a corner. That's the way I see it, and. Uh, I hate when yeah. I was painting a house. I would hate when I did that. I did that one time as a kid. I was painting some floor. I forget where in the house. And I actually painted myself. One, I was not too old, but I said, well, oh, let me help painting. And suddenly I was in a corner thinking, how do I get out of this? <laughs> it only happened to me once, to my credit, young and dumb, you know. <laughs> but that's what we've done in the world. We're, we're in this situation. And uh, unless, of course, aliens step forth and say, we have a place where you can live and no, we're not going to eat you. Ha, ha, ha. And, and and we can easily transport over a course of the next few years, you know, 5 billion people. And some of you can come and see what it's like. But, you know, now it's kind of like Jesus Christ coming and taking us all to heaven in a way. You know, it's kind of... It's yeah, like, and don't forget about the, the Soylent Green scenario. That's the other possibility. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay. Edward G. Robinson's death in that movie was quite memorable and yeah, not very really beautiful. unpleasant, but very beautiful well, yeah. i don't know if beautiful is the word uh well he he certainly experienced it as beautiful i think to, uh, to see those uh, things he hadn't seen for so many years you know yeah but well, that's the sad part of it he hadn't seen a forest in years and years and new york city was just total chaos and crime all over the place hey kind of like 
kind of like uh, San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, kind of like San Francisco. Yeah, right. <laughs> Today, yeah. yeah. It's true. It, it, my God, it's true. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, all this dystopian stuff. And then, uh, yeah, it's I, a lot of fun. <laughs> no, I... Uh, what's this uh, damn it's, it's really hard this subject is so complex because also if you think of the abortion issue i'm against abortion on the other hand it's obvious when babies in the womb are killed nobody misses them yeah if for example you see your next door neighbor and has say a one-year-old child and suddenly you hear you hear that she killed the child we think oh my god that's terrible i saw the baby it was so cute but if you hear she yeah. had an abortion it was born, oh well i never saw it anyway so it's yeah that's a little different yeah yeah, it's kind of like uh, ethics being molded by emotion, and that's never a good idea, actually. Ethics yeah. is one of the five branches of classical philosophy. It should not be, oh, I saw that little one-year-old, and it's terrible, she murdered him, he was so cute. But if, if it's unborn, think, oh, well, what do I care? I never even saw it. You know, I don't like the forming your ethics with uh, based on feeling and emotion. That should really never be. It should be based on clear ethical reasoning. Yeah. Uh, not that you shouldn't feel at all, but the feelings themselves shouldn't dictate your your ethical system. That just leads to problems. Some might disagree with that, but uh, I would defend that in a debate. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, sure, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why in so many things in society, what we're lacking are clear ethical solutions where we say, we're going to do it this way, even if it's dictated to people, we're going to do it this way, because this is the best solution for this, this, and this reason. And then have debates about it, of course, open debates. But if that sure. first person or that first leader always wins the debates because what he's saying is really true, then we just accept it. But then I'm assuming that, I'm assuming a democracy where everybody's like Socrates, it's open to reason. And let's face it, we sure ain't in that kind of world. <laughs> you know, no, no. More the Ship of Fools, right? I still didn't see that movie, Ship of Fools. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. I know you yeah. praise it to me, and I know Michael Dunn won an Academy Award. Yeah, Michael Dunn, he was fantastic. But I mean, the oh. cast is unbelievable. Yeah, I heard that, but I, I won't watch it with the wife sometime, but she's never up to watching movies. But I have to see Ship of Fools. But anyway, this yeah. earth is kind of a Ship of Fools. Maybe it's yeah. a false metaphor because I didn't see the movie, so maybe I'm... <laughs> Drawing well, a comparison no, but, where it shouldn't, but I don't know. Well, I mean, as, as the ship of fools, I think the original idea in the Middle Ages was you put a bunch of undesirables on a ship and you sent them someplace else. So that we're back to Elon Musk and Mars, you know. Oh, yeah, that, so. right. Uh, <laughs> oh, speaking of Elon Musk, I know, okay, well, the overpopulation, I don't have any ethical solution, nor do you. And we have no, to fight no, against I, those I, who have these highly unethical solutions. That's right. But at least maybe we planted the seed in the minds of the listeners that they can. That's right think and think what would be an ethical solution that's right we're you're our think tank now out there yes we'll pass it on to the path younger of socrates generation listeners. out there listening to us that's right we're, we're absconding from any responsibility at this yes. point <laughs> and so now i ask you why the devil did elon musk change from the blue bird to an x twitter oh i don't, I don't know you know I'm, I'm i'm not into twitter at all so well, no i, I can't um... stand twitter but yeah. the change from Twitter, a very well-known brand name with a little blue bird, to something X, it, I, I can't well, imagine. Well, probably goes along. Probably Go goes along with his whole SpaceX. It's a, it's a part of his brand, right? But do you think his uh, publicity, communication like, X. oh no, 
Madison Avenue publicity advisor, they would never tell him that that's a good idea. Yeah. Because Little Blue Bird is cute, even yeah. though it censors everybody, but yeah. it used to. But nonetheless, it's kind of friendly and the Twitter yeah, well, and the, the idea tweets. of tweeting, tweeting, you know, it's very, very sweet. And what, and, but then to change it to a black and white X, that's almost like some kind of a psyop strategy thing. What the devil yeah. is that about? Yeah. They want to totally bring down Twitter or what, what? Yeah, it could be. I mean, our people are departing, aren't they? Just like they did with threads once, uh. Yeah, you would think if you want to change the name, get something cute or catchy or... Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's something behind that I can't figure. It has nothing to do with overpopulation. Yeah, <laughs> but not a thing. I just want to ask your, your view on that, yeah. and people out there have seen it, I suppose. I guess yeah, we just have to throw in the towel and say we just can't beat this problem. We have no ideas uh, about how to have an ethical solution to this. No. And it concerns me. I'll say I'll keep thinking about it uh, every once in a while and sometimes even intensively. Uh, if I think of some good idea, I'll let everybody know and please do the same, Michelangelo. Yeah, I, I certainly will. And um, as I said, you know, for, for our part, you know, when you get to be 103 and when I get to be whatever age, we'll, we'll drink the hemlock and we'll do what we can to contribute to depopulation. Maybe you will. I'm not. If you, <laughs> hey, if you're dead, half of us are gone, then I can go on living for another few months, right? All right. Well, that that's true. Well, you'll probably well, get a better it's apartment, interesting, too. You know, when Socrates was forced to drink the hemlock. Well, he, he said, when I execute me, okay, I'll drink the hemlock. And yeah. you know that scene. You've read that scene, right? I, pro I probably have, yeah, probably but go ahead. years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he drank the hemlock, and his disciples were around him, including the young Plato, and they were crying. He, first of all, he said... Why cry? I mean, okay, either there's no life after death, and it's just like falling asleep at night and not dreaming, or if yeah. there is one, what makes you think it's worse than this life could be a whole lot better. That's right. But then he noticed, I thought this was interesting. He didn't cry at all. He wasn't nervous or anything. He said, well, it's interesting. I can't feel my feet. A little while, oh, I, that's funny. I can't feel my, oh, I can't feel my legs. Oh, I can't feel my, it, it, the total numbness was just going from the feet up to the head. The brain. Finally, yeah. just you passed out of the brain, yeah. Uh, but yeah. he was just totally curious. He thought, mm, "What? How interesting! I can't feel this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a, a philosopher to the end. He was. He was seventy years old, and that that was a long life. He said, "Hey, look, I'm seventy. I think it was seventy. And yeah. so, and then he could get away from Xantippe, his wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There's yes. a saying in German, or not a saying, but if you have a difficult wife, say, "Well, she's a real Xantippe." I don't know how you pronounce yeah, it yeah. in I've... English, really. Yeah, Xanthippe probably. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Socrates' wife was constantly harassing him. And I'm sure if we heard her side of it, she'd have good reason to do so. Yeah. Because yeah. all he was doing is going around philosophizing to people. And she probably That's thought, right. hey, wait a minute, the, the door needs repairing here. Where's Socrates? That's right. And the kid Absolutely. says, oh, he's out talking to that young Plato. We'll get him in here to fix that door. <laughs> Something just occurred to me before we sign off. Uh, David Ike talks about the idea that, you know, one of the one of the things I think that categorized the the irrational response to the bogus pandemic was, of course, the the fear of death. Yeah. And uh, Ike, and I'm just paraphrasing at this point, talks about the fact, and I think anybody who's uh, on a spiritual path knows to some extent that, you know, the greater part of our existence says beings is is not in fact in physical form right that we yes. probably spend much more time of our existence you know in the discorporeal 
state, you know, between uh, incarnations or whatever. So maybe that's the idea is that we tell everybody the afterlife is much, is much nicer and we do a big advertising campaign and uh, they all willingly drink, they all willingly drink the hemlock because they want to go to the afterlife. By Jove, you, I think you've got it. <laughs> you might actually have come up with this. You're, Michelangelo, you're a genius. I always knew it. But now you've actually proven it to me. Yeah, right, because you know. Uh, but, but wait a minute, let's think about this. All right. Okay, People, okay. I have to throw a wrench in the gear somehow or another here. Sure, that's, that's okay. Just, you can, you can play devil's advocate. Test, yeah, test ideas. A lot of people are just atheists. They're not going to believe religious things. The people who might go for that are the religious people. But as I see it, even though I don't belong to organized religion, some of the religious folks are really nice and good people. They're responsible yeah. parents. And so they're going to be killing themselves and families, but the lowlifes are going to... <laughs> okay. And the, the atheist lowlifes are still going to be populating the earth. Okay, Although on the so... other hand, if you think of countries, third world countries, a lot of people are religious there. Yeah. So And as a matter of fact... At least you and I both believe that the next world, the astral world, is going to be better than here. So it's yeah. not an, uh, it's not a lie. You know, I actually believe that. You know, after I, I think, well, as, this is not the main scenario. Yeah, it's in, in the other world, so it's really not lying to people. Hey, how about this? Who knows? Maybe with modern technology, we can somehow even contact the astral world. Who knows yeah. if that could be possible someday? If we could do that, people would talk to their dead parents, grandparents, maybe even have be given visions through some kind of technology of what it's like in the astral world to think, hey, what am I doing here? Yeah. And so then, yeah, we set up a an institute like, well, that was the last place Edward G. Robinson went in in that movie. In Soylent Green. In yeah. Soylent mm -hmm. Green. And yeah. Give them a nice death experience. And then they're in a happy place. And the yeah. world has less people. Yeah. You you might actually have come up with a good now, is that unethical in any way? Why would it be unethical? I mean, if I mean there have been a lot of books, I don't know if you've read any of them, but there have been a, a lot of books that have come out in recent years talking about people who have had quasi-death experiences, like the very famous one this neurologist wrote called Proof of Heaven. Oh, I, he, yes, I've read so much for decades now, but I yeah, yeah. That. So I mean the the, the reality is that you know, there's a lot that's really terrific about being in physical form, you know. Uh, so the only problem in a way is the transition that so many people are yeah. afraid of because of pain. But if if death could be made totally palatable, painless yeah. or even pleasurable, yeah. and a smooth transition uh, made even more beautiful by if there's some kind of communication you have with, say, your dead parents, you know, they're there waiting for you uh, in that case. And, you know, even if it weren't true, of course, yeah. now I'm being unethical, but even if I were an atheist, I think, well, get people to believe it, and it is a solution, even though in that case it would be a lie because you wouldn't believe yeah. it yourself. I really yeah. do think that the, the next world is, is has a lot of good things in store for us. Yeah, no, sure. I My mean, God, uh, you might have come up with the solution there. We have to, yeah. but then we would yeah. have to connect more, which I've been saying for years, religion to science. Yeah. I think it should be developing hand in hand so we can maybe even communicate with the dead or get visions of the astral world so then we know there's a life after death and it's more beautiful than here and a lot of people would want to go then. Yeah. My God. Yeah. yeah. People, this is a true breakthrough. Here I've been for an hour <laughs> saying I, I'm, I'm, 
I'm disconcerted. I don't know what the solution is. I have no solution. And you, Michelangelo, come up with a solution at the very end here. As if it were nothing. Were you withholding that this whole hour? No, no, it just occurred just to me. me nervous because, or what? No, no, because, <laughs> you know, I mean, I do believe in reincarnation. I do believe that I've had multiple incarnations, not only here on Earth, but in on other planets, you know. And uh, so, th but then, David, we'd have to come up with a solution for when the afterlife got overpopulated. What would we do then? <laughs> well, the universe <laughs> is big, and that's not, you know, that's another dimension. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be a problem. We'll, we'll, okay. let, we'll let the ghosts take care of that. All right. Okay. Let the spirits take care of their own. I don't. That's not our problem. Okay. But, you know, that's actually, right. that could be. So, hey, look. Why did they drink the Kool-Aid at Jonestown? Right. No they sure. They were going on to a better. And of course, that was you know not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of a different yeah. thing, but. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but overcoming fear of death would also go a long way toward making our society a little less paranoid, you know, because that's that's the single greatest fear, right? Well, less paranoid of, and of less hanging on to life at all costs. That, so just have to hang that's on to right. life as much as possible. That's right. Uh, I mean, as I said, we saw that writ large, as far as I'm concerned, in the phony pandemic. People were so terrified of death that they ran from life. Right. Oh, and that's that, well put, yes. That's and that's no happened. way to live, so to speak. You know, I mean, it's just... Um, so if people could be made aware of this overall arching, overarching, you know, um, paradigm, you know, that, yes, this is an important part of who you are, but it's not the only aspect of your existence as a an eternal soul, a being of light. I mean, whatever, yes, whatever course. terminology you're comfortable with, you know, that well, might be, yeah. Well, that's a possible solution, a brilliant solution and truly an ethical solution. I yeah, say. I think so. I think so. There's Unless, of a, course, a, a, religions are right that suicide is actually sinful. Yeah. But, you know, it, well, well, we'll if someone in, else does we'll get it, into though, suicide in another talk. Yeah. yeah. The, the ethics of suicide. Yeah. If someone else does it, then it's not suicide, right? It's... Uh, oh, so yeah. <laughs> we'll youth, help them along. Push them off. Euthanasia. The <laughs> Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's a, it's an interesting philosophical idea, you know, this this sense that we we, as you've just said, you know, we desperately cling on to life because it's all we think we know, you know. But if there could be a really good PR campaign about how the afterlife is really terrific, well, then, if the know. Muslim male population could look at, peek in through some kind of special advanced technology and see and, the and, astral world. With seven with all the virgins, two virgins yeah. waiting for them, I think a lot of them will make make that leap right away. Yeah. They'll blow right. themselves up without without yeah. hesitation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, somehow oh, it's getting sorry. unethical again. We better stop now while we're ahead. <laughs> but, but well, thank you for your brilliant idea there, because that's that that gives hope. Maybe yes, not absolutely. Not the very best solution, but at least it gives me hope that at least there can be a solution. Yeah, and sure. That might be. That might be it or something connected to that or so least... listeners you can get in on the ground floor of our new company afterlife <laughs> incorporated well we're, we're going to be having an going to be having an ipo very soon so yeah. you know. <laughs> Ooh, wow oh. oh we have a really dark sense of humor at times but i'm not going to apologize for it i'm just going <laughs> to i'm just going to state the fact 
Okay, yeah. Michelangelo, thank you so much for for this time, well, especially for a lot of fun, idea. buddy. I had I had a really good time yeah, with I this one. I think that, I don't know. Maybe people are going to reject us because oh, but such a serious situation here. We are laughing every two minutes. <laughs> But what the devil, uh, you know, that's who we are. Uh, yeah, but no, I think we did come up with a kernel of a of a solution potential. I, well, you did there. Yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, OK, well, maybe we get back to that idea in the future, just how sure. we could put that together. But then yeah. somebody will steal the idea and make billions with it. I'll let them. That's right. It. See, that's why we got to get the startup the going right away. Yeah. Well, anyway. OK, yeah. people, thanks for following us, as always, on this. The path of Socrates. Yes. Thanks again, everybody. And to you, Michelangelo, goodbye. Yeah. Ciao for now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>